Welcome to Was I Drunk, a podcast for the refined, pretentious prick who acts as book at parties when he's had more than one smear in off ice. I'm your host, Austin Cross, and with me today are... Jenkins! Jamie! And Wayne! Alright, and as we do every single week, we're going to check in with our bar master extraordinaire, Mr. Jenkins, and see what's on tap. Today, I have made for us a very classic cocktail, the Whiskey Sour. I had to go back and make sure that I hadn't done this before. I've done variants and I've talked about it, referenced it, and different uh, drinks that I've I've featured on this show so far. But um, I've not actually made this outright. So the way that I make this, the spec that I use, is very simple, straightforward. It's a three-quarter ounce lemon uh, juice, freshly squeezed, three-quarter ounce simple syrup, uh, one and a half ounces of rye. You can use bourbon. I like rye in... Uh, and a whiskey sour. It, it holds up a little better. It brings the, the flavor forward a little bit more on a whiskey. Uh, bourbon tends to get drowned out by the, the sour mix. Um, so I use rye here. So one and a half ounces of rye and a single egg white. Um, sh- you, you actually want to dry shake this, meaning no ice, and then add ice to it afterwards. Shake it with ice. Put it in your... Um, your, your glass. I normally do a double old fashioned glass for this with ice. And then you either garnish with Angostura bitter drops on top. Or what I actually tend to prefer is um, use an atomizer. So you actually spray Angostura bitters over the top. It gets a more uniform coat, gets that uh, Angostura bitters flavor all across the, the top of the, the drink. So. That's how I make it. I, I don't know if you guys like it or not, but what do you guys think? Well, that's the first thing I thought was the Angostura bitters. You know, it came through very clearly. I liked that. Well, it's frothy, you know. It, it, yeah, I, I, you're joking, but... Uh, but No, I am being completely serious. Okay. I have a but refined it palate. It, uh, it, as we've talked before, it kind of gives that... Dries out your, your mouth so that you uh, kind of go back for that next drink. Yep. It's Cork Sand Peas from Deep Space Nine. Oh. Just saying. Yeah, you put these little peas on the, on the table so you'd eat them and want more drinks and dried out your mouth. Yeah, well, it's just essentially like, uh, like peanuts and Peanuts yeah. and uh, what, 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 the bar nuts. Bar yeah. nuts. Bar nuts were fucking awful. I'm sorry. If anyone's ever what had them, they were nuts? terrible. Literally, I think they were called bar nuts, right? I'm not correct. Yeah, yeah. There's bar nuts. Yeah. It was like this also D's nuts. dried uh, peanut thing that you could buy in a package that were absolutely terrible. Yeah, well, mm. what are you going to do? Well, so anybody else got an opinion about this drink before we I move on? I thought it would be, like, more sour. Yeah. I mean, I eat straight lemons, though, so That is fair. <laughs> I have a problem. You can rebalance. Um. And, again, this I do tend to balance this a little bit more equal. You can balance it a little heavier toward the sweet or the little um, heavier toward the sour. But, yeah, it, uh, it make it to your, your liking. What's, what's your opinion on the, the, the bottled uh, sour mix? Don't do it. I'm sorry, don't do it. You can make you can make your own. So a, it's way overpriced. B, it never tastes right. It tastes artificial and and just disgusting. Um, you can make it so much cheaper in your house, um, and and it's so much better and it lasts longer. Grand scheme of things. So yeah, no, I'm I like awful. To, I like to put the Daily's sour mix into a hummingbird feeder for the hummingbirds. You, you can. It is that, just sugar water. That's about <laughs> the best thing you can do with it. Yes. All right, well, let's go move on to our aperitifs this evening. Does anyone have something they want to lead off with? Building off of our last segment, you shouldn't give hummingbirds anything other than plain sugar water, not even the dyed stuff. It is bad for them. It's, like, genuinely that's, bad for them. It will hurt true. them. Only sugar water and clean the feeders daily. Okay, that's all I want Well, that's a lot of work to take our hummingbirds. No, I mean, that's... When you talk about feeding birds in general, I mean... There, there's a lot of things, you know, people will buy, like, suet cakes and stuff to have out year-round, and it's like, oh, please don't do that. You mean sweet cakes? Suet. Uh, sweet? Suet. Sweet? Suet. Suet. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just, like, rendered fat and, and seed, and the birds don't need that in summer. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just end up with a bunch of, I mean, 
it, it can be funny because you I just don't have a bunch Starbucks, of Starbucks, but like, mm. yeah, you just <laughs> end up with a bunch of fat birds in summer. <laughs> Which, I mean, who doesn't like a fat bird in summer? Uh, really? Uh, chunky culture is animal abuse. That's, That's one of my favorite Facebook groups. Don't overfeed your pets, y'all. That's fair, and and I agree. And the the whole hummingbird thing, I agree with a hundred percent. There, we tend to overfeed everything, even our children. Moving, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but ourselves. moving into yeah. yeah ourselves. But moving into uh, wildlife in general, don't feed stray cats, period, mm-hmm. end of statement. If you have stray cats in your, your area that frequent your house, do not feed them. I'm sorry, it's bad, don't do it. And you can write all your hate email you want to, and no one will read it, and that's fine. But all I'm going to say is don't feed the freaking feral cats, okay? Just don't well, do it. Here's the thing, when you feed a feral cat... That is just now your cat. Like, you you just now have the responsibility to take care of it. Which includes spaying and neutering your cat. Exactly. And getting All right, proper Bob vaccinations Barker. and everything like that. It's true, though. I mean, if, it, we, it is. if we just... If, if society just did a better job of maintaining its animal populations, then... Here's a fun thing about feral cats that I read the other day. Should we consider them invasive species? Yes. Yeah. Should we treat them like invasive species? The only invasive species is human beings. False. No. I'm just saying it false. right. We're the most horrible invasive you, species. Okay. I, I hey, won't that's a different that. statement that, than yeah. what you said before. I'm not going to argue. What I care about. One. I will argue that, you know, well, no, I guess I will argue that. We, we are not the only one. Yes, of course we are one, but we are not the only one. I know. One. I'm just making a stupid statement. We are only an invasive species by the merit of we bring cats with us everywhere we go. <laughs> and cats are genocide machines. Oh, they're they absolutely find, They find anything smaller than them that could be food, and they just wipe it out. Upwards of 57 extinct species that have gone on record that they have eliminated. There's very, very few other animals out there that can lay claim to that. We have. Well, well again, I'm very, just saying. That's more, of a, that's more of a unintentional result of our, you know, our industrialization. I'm sorry. And I just love that line from the Matrix. We're talking about human beings like a virus, right? It's they the just smell. Yeah. They just spread to a new area, consume all the resources, and move on to the next yeah. without any thought for balance. Why do you think we need to move on to other planets? Yeah, well, or uh, we could just, you know, hustle on spay and neuter place. our human population. Hey. Hey, that's No, no, no. You can't do that unless you have your husband's permission. Well, that's And fair. you've had two to three children yourself. Yeah. Basically. We gotta keep it nice and so. Well, I mean, everybody could take a little bit of an example from South Korea, who recently the reports came through that they are like below, like point five on their like uh, population upkeep, essentially. Yeah, a lot of places around the world are like that. The reason why China reversed their one-child policy is because they were seeing a real drain. Because what happens is you need all these people to run the society to feed all these people and do all these things. Well, when suddenly even the numbers stay stagnant, you don't have enough qualified people to replace the older people to maintain the level of society. All of human civilization is based off of growth. We need to start rethinking that because growth is not the only model. It's not a sustainable model either. We need to think of a model where human society shrinks a little bit maybe. Yes, we I mean we have empty houses and have to reclaim land, but it's going to need to happen. Well, the idea of growth in general, I mean, you, you apply it to economics and oh, the yeah. idea that you have to comp year after year after year in order to be a, a successful business, and you have to do better than the year previous like you have to have constant growth no matter what you have to have constant growth for a, a population and society you have to have constant growth for economics you have to have the, the it this this machine that moves forward in every way that doesn't it, it is not it's not sustainable it just is yeah i know and it's one of those things we're gonna have to figure out something else yeah. simple as that um, we're going to have to figure out a, a model for the economy that's not based off of we buy a new TV every year, we buy a new cell phone every year, because that shit just ain't going to hold up unless we invent replicators that invent shit out of thin air. And even then, probably not likely. So, yeah, I don't know. Or an actual recycla- recyclable system? Recycling, Recycling system? Recycling. Yeah, it's, it's basically well, uh, third grade. I mean, yeah, but here we got it. That's the thing is most metals can be recycled pretty 
pretty close to a one to one ratio. There's if, not you if know. I want to trade my cell phone in, like sincerely tomorrow, like it doesn't get recycled for all of the components. It might no, get no, because the, the plastic components are almost immediately thrown away. Yeah. Um, most of the metal stuff is kind of uh, aluminum's just kind of. It's not worth that much. I mean, cell phones really aren't worth that much in the first place. That it's just kind of a scam to get you to spend a thousand dollars every two years. Yep. Well, not to mention the fact that the, the <laughs> sincere metals that we actually spend a, a hell of a lot of money and energy and effort, re, you know, retrieving out of the planet, are not actually recyclable. Like they just aren't. Like plastics, glass, metal. That those are the the sub categories of the the very minute like 0.5 percent of what actually makes a cell phone valuable which we still continue to strip mine out of the the planet every single year so well because it's a difficult task to go through and recycle some of that stuff because there's different means for how you recycle gold versus silver versus it's you know, hard. It, I mean, we don't it is. like it well it's it's caught co- it's not cost effective right. to do so they don't want to do it yeah well that's why re- why plastic isn't really recyclable. But if we keep pretending it is, and we keep putting it into a separate bin, it keeps it out of the landfills, but which we Wayne, used to produce methane. They put the arrows on the bottom of it. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. that mean it's recyclable? Uh, in theory. In theory, yeah. And and that's what the 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 arrows kind of are. Is kind of the like. This stuff can technically be recycled, so... But no one's going to do it. No, and we talked about this before. Eras 1 through 2 are actually technically recyclable. Right. Everything else through the spectrum, like up through 8 or 9, I don't know what number it goes up to at this point now, none of that past 2 is actually feasibly recyclable, and only a very, very small percentage of 1 through 2 is one through actually two, recycled. Guys, 1 through 2. Not sorry. just 1 and 2, it's 1 through 2. Yeah, one through 2. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, the whole scale is basically, it's like... More or less, it's recyclability scale. So the higher you get, yeah, could be. So the higher you get into it, it's just like, oh yeah, this is never going to be anything else than what it is. Correct. This this cooler that you have, like, good (laughs) luck ever getting rid of that. I want to go ahead and uh, out of nowhere, just off top of my head, we haven't even discussed this yet. I'm going to go ahead and inject a new temporary segment. I will be dirty, rotten, traitor, and yes, stupid. So, we're going to talk about this, well, if we have a just world for about two weeks uh, until he gets indicted for his uh, holy documents. In an unjust world, the one we'll be talking about until after he gets sworn in in 2025. So, oh dear God. I saw an article on the, let me see here, Yahoo News from the Daily Beast saying, it's over, Trump will be indicted. Now, it's a very optimistic appraisal of the situation. I've read these same things for like two years, three years, four years now, that he's going to be... It, the the page is just about to turn on Trump because all the shit that he's pulling. Well, I mean, if you listen to QAnon, he's still president. So yeah. You know. Well, and, and they're kind of the same way, but the opposite scale. Where like any month now, any any day now, he's gonna come back in, retake the White House. Well, let's be real though. In this situation, we have two more years at least of a Democratic White House, Democratic Department of Justice, who's actually interested in pursuing. I know it sounds political and partisan, and you can't say it's not at all, but at the same time, it's the fucking truth. He took a bunch of shit he wasn't allowed to take, then lied about it when he said he returned it all, and the FBI knocked on his door and came and took the crap back. Flat out, there are crimes here. Haven't other presidents done this? I mean, haven't people that have left the the Oval Office taken things that they shouldn't have taken? I mean, hasn't that Staplers and phones. I'll tell you right now, if there were, it never came out because, you know... I don't know. Maybe uh, no upright citizen, upright, upstanding citizens said, uh, well, let's turn Trump in for this. No, I, I don't think, probably this, no, absolutely not. Not classified documents, no. Hillary's emails. What was that oh, all about? Oh, shut the fuck And you, you compare that to what's going on now with this. Hillary wasn't president. Uh, Hillary okay. wasn't, come on. But it doesn't matter. She was Secretary of State, which I, you can still argue, no, of course, doesn't hold the same merit as you know, the, the fucking president of the United States. But flip side is, you know, has 
has clearance and has level to access of communication that no one else does and just walks away scot-free. Okay, well, hold on a second. Let's talk about that. You had a Republican Congress investigating her for years. You had a Republican Department of Justice investigating her for years. And guess what? They couldn't find any evidence of an actual crime or wrongdoing, and that's why she wasn't charged. Right. They, they kept at it for... They kept at it for years. We wasted billions... Millions. 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 Over-exaggeration. We made... Trillions! We wasted a bunch of money to to, to basically, you know, try and find if there was any wrongdoing and they never found it. Whereas with Trump, they they just straight up It took them half a year and they found it. You're... You're really telling me that Obama didn't take any documents out of the White House. Yes. There are zero documents that have been taken out of the White House. Not that the FBI, Department of Justice, uh, Homeland Security are aware of. But who can trust any of those organizations you just listed? Because you have to look at the interest, the common interest. And Republicans have a very vested interest in nailing Obama for that. So here's another fun fun fact that they delved into well before this is that uh, they noticed that they were losing assets in other countries left and right during Trump's presidency. Yep. They couldn't figure out why, and it was probably because he was fast and loose with classified documents, giving away the position of our, you know, our CIA agents out in the field who were pretending to be... He was basically burning our spies left and right. Yeah, but who's who's reporting on this? Like, seriously, who's reporting on what you're you're claiming the, right now? The CIA and the okay. FBI. So, that was, that was so part of their... who's checking on them? I mean... Oversight committees in the yeah. House and Senate, There's which which are elected falsely, correct? What we elected falsely? I mean, oh, shut the shut up! There's yeah, you're just being ridiculous. I know you're playing devil's advocate here, but you're being effing ridiculous. Yeah, it's but not it's believable. That same, it's that same thing where it's like you know, oh, they were picked by the Democrats, so they can't be they can't be trusted. But they weren't. Like, but they weren't. No, they were picked by both sides. Yep. They they were picked to be an impartial committee that just genuinely checks over everything that's going on. Yeah. And they find wrongdoing like this. The way the House committees work and Senate committees work is it's half and half, and the the, and the, the majority party has one extra seat. That's it. It's well, 50-50 50 plus one. Ridiculous. Well, that's the way it is. So Totally unfair. Anyways, you have to have trust in our system, and there's flaws in our system, but you have to have trust in it for a functional government to work. And that's one of the biggest things Trump has worked at doing is undermining trust in the American system of government. Not just Trump, all Republicans for the last 50 years, but... All right, so... I don't trust any of that, Zero. I don't trust the CIA. I don't trust the FBI. You don't, you don't have to trust I, them. I trust Florida. So what's going on in Florida? Well, that's a perfect segment to our little part we call... Y'all watch this. Florida Man. All right, for this week's Florida Man segment, we have... Florida man convicted in hate crime road rage attack on black martial artist dad who fought back. So, uh, <laughs> let's see here. That was a lot to unpack. The victim identified as JT was a mixed martial artist who fought back by placing suspect Jordan Leahy in a chokehold until authorities arrived in the August 2021 incident in Florida. August 2021. Yeah. Right, so we're rewinding a little bit. Yeah, about a year. About a year. Yeah. And so basically what happened is he was driving along with this. There's this black family driving and he tried to run them off the road and assault him. With their car? With a car. Or like this they were all, all in cars. Martial arts All in cars. Next to the side of the car. No, no. Oh, that'd be really <laughs> that'd be pretty badass. But Steven no. Seagal movie. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently he tried to run them off the road and then when they got out of the car, um, he found out that the guy was not to be messed with and got the absolute shit kicked out of him and Ugh. put into a chokehold. Yeah, you, no, you I, get I, what you get coming to you. Yeah, for sure. So Leahy, it says, pulled alongside JT yelling racial slurs and pretended to shoot at JT's vehicle with hand gestures. He then used his car to try to force the victim victim's car off the road. Leahy allegedly followed the victim for nearly a mile and a half before he sideswiped JT's car and fled the scene. Oh. JT caught up with Leahy, pulling it behind him at a red light. Leahy then got out of his car, stormed at JT, and tried to assault him, again yelling racial slurs. And that's when the fight ensued. So, good for uh, good for JT here, yeah. right? Yeah, beat his ass. Fuck him. <laughs> Kick his ass, sea bass. Like, um, uh, what? So, gesturing 
gun finger yeah, guns. Finger guns. Pew, pew. <laughs> <I was laughs> finger guns. Like this is the this is this is where we're at right now. Yeah. Apparently so. It's, it's a racist. Don't try and put logic into it. Good thing it wasn't a cop. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. And it says here he faces a maximum sentence of ten years in prison and three years of supervised relief, up to a fine up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So I hope he gets all of it. Me too. Me too. Well, with that, let's go ahead and what we do after this. I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. We take a break and listen to an ad from one of our fictitious sponsors. Cold Case Case, a subscription box service for even the most amateur sleuths. We select one authentic cold case murder file the police have not been able to solve and ship it along with all the blood, semen, and hair samples the U.S. Postal Service will allow straight to your front door every month. Enjoy the nerve-wracking titillation, the excitement and thrill as you crack the case each month to find the horrible truth behind this unsolved mystery. Do you feel you won't quite connect with the victim's life through our high-resolution glossy photos of the murder? Well, don't you worry. We will give your phone number, home address, and email to each victim's family so they can check in with you on the progress and share their desperate hope. Just listen here to one of our amateur detectives about how much fun they've been having on the 20-year-old cold case of Cindy Merkel, an elementary school teacher from Pleasant Falls, Maine who was strangled to death in the back of her Ford Fiesta by an expired length of fruit by the foot. This has been a life-unraveling nightmare that just won't stop. I have been receiving daily calls, emails, and drop-ins from Cindy's now 25-year-old daughter who was given the false impression that I was very close to solving her mother's gruesome murder. There is nothing to go on. No eyewitnesses. Only picture after horrible picture of the crime scene. You can't unsubscribe until you've solved it. Please help me. Great job, detective. Cindy's daughter and I have no doubt you'll crack it soon. Go to triplec.com. Don't delay and get started today. All right, so I'll tell you right now, um, we went ahead and submitted my Aunt um, Bertha's cold case file she was strangled with her pantyhose in a parking garage like 30 years ago oh god they couldn't find i know right and so we've been getting all kinds of great updates from a 14 year old boy named nathan yeah in uh in mississippi so yeah. we're really hopeful i uh i tried it and uh there's uh not been much progress in the case but uh, i have noticed shadowy figures following me around everywhere i go so wow that's yeah. terrible what's what's the case what's Oh, it was a triple homicide. Uh, I can't release too many details because I did sign uh, a waiver saying that I wouldn't talk about it that and much. I found yeah, they don't even give you that many details probably in the first place, right? So it's kind of Oh, gen- yeah. Gen- generally speaking, it's basically just a they're kind of done with it. So uh, they're passing the savings on to you. No, it makes sense. It really does. I had a sandwich that was stolen from me and I submitted it and I've not heard anything. But that just maybe it, maybe someday. All right. Maybe, maybe not high priority. What, what was on the there. website again? It's triple uh, C dot com, and the promo code is going to be Lost Hope fifteen for fifteen percent off uh, your first order uh, with uh, Cold Case Case. Yeah. Oh, and and it is a little confusing. I did want to clear that up. It's not three C's dot com. It is the word triple C dot com. Oh, okay, gotcha. Thank you. Huh. Good, good, good note. They, they could have done a better job of that, but... Yeah, for sure. All right, so our main topic tonight is going to be this upcoming general election in the United States. We've got a midterm election coming up in November 2022, and uh, Congress is on the ballot. Uh, we have a lot of ballot initiatives coming down the pipeline in various states, especially the anti-abortion stuff. is going to be on the ballot in many, many states. And um, a lot of people say this is going to be a pretty influential or at least a consequential election. Um, so where are we sitting now? We always think about this. I think it's... I think it's every off-cycle election that no one knows about, but p- 
people hear about but no one knows about. Like it's it's this it's 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 important. Like sincerely, probably more important than the presidential election that we pay attention to every four years, but doesn't actually garner any legitimate uh, attention that it actually should. Yeah, that that's true. It, it it is true, and I fall victim to it too, as we all probably do. Other than Austin, who is a political junkie, uh, that's but fair. we we kind of fall into that lull of like, well, you know, we vote for the president, and that's kind of the like, you know, yeah, you vote for your president, and things go your way, right? But you know, you need to be going out and voting every year for the the local issues those because those are the things that affect you more directly there are votes every year every single year in november and that's true most people do not vote in especially the yearly election cycle and midterms are a little more attended but it's really the presidential years yeah you're right those are the ones that really kick it up a notch and you know wayne you're 100 right that it's more essential that you go vote in your local elections you pay attention to who's running for city councilman those people are actually making decisions that are going to affect you most directly uh most often and those are also the positions that get overlooked you go in to vote in you know next year let's say an off off year right and you've got one person running for chamber of commerce there's no option there's no choices well and that's the point that i was going to make you you brought up chamber of commerce like who do i care who runs my local library? Like, I just genuinely don't care about that person. Like, why Why should I go out to the poll every year, every six months? It's, it seems like every single turnaround, there's someone running for something, and I really just don't care. Because that's how books get banned. School boards' curriculum get completely overhauled, and we lose control at the local level, bigger than shit. That's the whole reason why in 2010, the Democrats got screwed so horribly. It's because they were so focused on Obama and the national election cycle, they didn't pay attention to local politics and state politics. And they got their clocks cleaned and state house races and those controlled districting. And all of a sudden, what do you know? All of a sudden, the districts are slanted too far the one way. What's wrong with clean clocks? Well, there's there's nothing wrong with clean clocks, but... Uh, no, that, that's the thing is that you, you don't think about it too much on the local level because it's, for the most part, it is very much a like, Hey, here is this one person that's running for this position. But, uh, on the local level, on the local level, especially you, you start to see things where it's kind of a, you know, Hell, I could do a better job than this person. Well, maybe you run against that person. Maybe next time around, you run for the the library chief. I want to be. I've got. I don't don't know. (laughs) I really want to be the library chief. I'm sorry. An example of this, like once again, I don't care. It's like okay. Well, I know for a fact in our hometown, there's a man who is the for the county. He's like the comptroller or something i forget which what what stupid office it is oh, the, the county auditor about. no it's something oh, okay. but anyways it's a financial position it's something yeah and i have it on good authority this guy date raped a girl in college bigger than shit oh. high five and another guy as she ran out of the room crying but every picture you see of him online it's him and his perfect family all in perfect pictures presenting this perfect image and he's the upstanding county citizen and it's just like that is irritating to me, but yeah. no one's willing to run against him, so... I don't like it. So why don't you, Austin? Why don't you run against him? Because I got a lot of shit in my closet, too, buddy. I don't want him to pull out. Are you kidding eh, me? That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the... Uh, I mean, you find me a squeaky clean politician, and I'll tell you they're a liar. Oh, yeah. No, no joke. And I get that. And, and truthfully, maybe this person made a mistake in, in college, blah, 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 turned his life around. But rape is rape, and I'm not a big fan of that. You know, it's like right now everyone's sharing the, the Brock Turner thing where he's, like, yep. living in the area, and they're, like, so sharing these posts on social media about, like, oh, well, he's been going to this bar, so tell everybody in the bar. You know, and I 100% get that, right? Yeah. I don't love some of the context I've seen where it's, like, he shouldn't be allowed in public, people say. And I'm like, well, go ahead. I agree. He should be behind bars. Oh, I agree with that. No, okay, no, no he, he should be in public. Well, okay. 
Fair enough. I guess my point is, it was a miscarriage of justice, yes. Saying he can't go to the grocery store and pick up apples, it's like, yes, there was a miscarriage of justice, but then to say, because our criminal justice system failed, we should go around and what? Plus, like, what what is rehabilitation? Like, sure, he probably didn't go through any sort of rehabilitation. He probably doesn't oh, regret no. what he did. Yeah, probably does. But at some point, we have to realize, like, people that commit crimes do deserve to go through rehabilitation. They do deserve to reclaim somewhat of a normal life. But if they go through and actually do rehabilitate. Right. Yeah, and, and if they come out clean, quote-unquote, clean on the other side, you know, Andy Dufresne can climb through, you know. Crawl through a river of shit. <laughs> That's only breathe. if they crawl through a river of shit. On the other side. But but seriously, though, like, if it, there's there's this argument whether felons should be allowed the, the right to vote after they've, they've re- been rehabilitated and, and rejoined society. Well, There's this whole argument about that. And, y- you know, yeah, I to my mind, absolutely. Well, and we could do an entire episode and dedicated to our justice system and our penal system. And its lack of uh, efficacy. Um, but no. <laughs> so, rewind to the... This is why local ma- elections right. matter. First of all, the people who get elected to your local office in 5, 10, 15 years are running for state, county, national office presumably they move up they're the the hopper yes they're they're the they're the feed pool for the most part so the crazies for instance right now all running on this MAGA election denying nonsense for your county comptroller and all this crap they will be people running for congress in about five ten years which i love is, is the people that are like you know elections are all stolen and it's all hey by the way go out and vote for me though yeah when they win it's not stolen the one was in arizona where yeah. she was it was arizona where she was like losing she started talking about how it was rigged 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 and then the votes flipped and she started winning and all of a sudden it was like well uh, i'm glad we won but we still need to look at this system and it's like okay okay lady no and, and of course that's the way that it always is but talking about the I'm sorry. It's okay. not always that way. This no. is a new phenomenon. Yeah. No. When people lost two years ago, they fucking lost. And they just said, okay, I'll run again next time. They didn't go, rigged lies. No, it's not about. Uh, it's not a matter of rigged and lies. It's a matter of if if something goes, if, if you're campaigning against something or for something, and oh, then yeah. the, the thing sways, and it... It benefits you for it. The shways. The shways. <laughs> the shway benefits you. You will find a way to actually flip that that agenda toward you. Like you whatever you're you're going against, don't don't push and pull me. Don't push and pull me. If if that's the way that this goes, <laughs> that is your microphone. <laughs> my point is when when you when you campaign with something, with an idea of something. And all of a sudden, it goes against or for it. You 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 respond to that. That's the way that these things always have gone. Yes. <laughs> so the the behind the scenes here is push that, and pull, push and uh, pull. Mister <laughs> Jenkins over here was screaming into his microphone and peaking his levels like crazy. I tried to give him a push away gesture, and he said, "Screw you! I'm gonna continue just peeking into he the just microphone." He wanted to be so, the loudest. Yeah, be the loudest. Something. But but. Uh, this a lot of this goes back to the the people are more focused on the you know four years the presidential I go and I vote for my president and oh hey there's also these other things on the ballot I guess I'll vote for those too those are always there the local you know local elections local laws those are a yearly thing you get into the to the the uh, uh, biannual, you know, senators, uh, representatives, things like that, other laws and things. Yeah, but you, you should be paying attention to what is going on every year. I can't tell you how many people in my life I've heard bitch and complain about school levies and about how, you know, oh, they're taking more tax money from me. And it's like, well, go out and vote. If you don't want the levy to pass, then go out and vote no. If you want the levy to pass, go out and vote yes. And if you lose, don't be a whiny bitch. Gear up and try to win the next right. one. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. I think that it's because, generally speaking, people have a lot to do. They have a lot going on, right? Right. And I think it's hard to care that much all the time about everything. I, I think there's a concerted effort against people voting as well. I'm sorry. I do. I think that there is a there's a legitimate concerted effort amongst business in general that 
keeps people from voting. It, there's well, an yes. awareness aspect of people, and there's a freedom aspect that you don't get the, the time allotted to you to go and vote. Like, it, it's the awareness aspect, but it's also the the freedom of time to actually go and vote. Right, yeah. How, I mean, technically speaking, every job you work is supposed to allow you to go and vote. They can't tell you you can't do it. But that doesn't always happen. Plus, how many times have you gone out to vote and it was like a 15-minute thing? Very rarely. And we live in a place where, like, yeah. there aren't 600,000 people trying to vote, vote in the same... station? Yeah. So, uh, where we live, it's like every single church has its own polling station. Every Which school has its own. is whole thing I've got a problem with. But. Right, yeah. That's definitely a problem because those tend to be in, like, more populated areas, cities. No, I mean, well, having churches in general. Yeah, well, I have a problem with how we had a church in the first place. Well, I mean, part of that is just because churches are kind of a, like, open area. where Public meeting It's a area. ubiquitous yeah. area in every single community. I get it. It's, it's just... You know where else is public schools? I'm just saying they used to have well, mostly in public schools, and now children. it's switched but then, over. Right, then there's a lot of kids going around there. That's that's bodies in a building that they don't want extra of. Churches throughout the week are totally empty. Yeah, but you know what? It wouldn't be a problem is if it was a national holiday on election day and you wouldn't have kids in the school. Uh, that's, that's I would still have to work. There's other jobs yeah. that would still absolutely have to work. On they the day. would, but there wouldn't be kids in the school. You absolutely yeah. can make All right, laws. I understand. You can make laws that absolutely say your employer has to give you an hour to go vote or two hours to go vote during the day. You can do that, and every single employer would have to accommodate their employees. Okay. It'd be part of labor laws. I, I'm, I'm fine with looking at churches. If you don't want to look at churches, I'm fine with looking at schools. If you don't want to look at schools, I'm fine with establishing a a centralized location in every single county, city, Meet at community, the whatever. The city square. Like, every, every city Sincerely. has some kind of city hall. I'm, yeah, so I'm fine with all of that. I, I don't deny that, but... When, when you start to look at it, the, the bottom line is you don't want civics. There, there are a big push against civics. There is a big push against people being involved in politics and political you know, knowledge and voting. And there's a big push against this since the 1960s. It's been like 60 years of sincere pushback against people being politically involved. So, I Look, it the the Honda Civic is a fantastic solid car. Solid vehicle. <laughs> it's, it's extremely great. Yeah. <laughs> Civics are awful. Yes. Okay, so let's get back to the actual topic of this election, not in general elections, okay? This coming election is going to be very important. I'm just saying, we can have a whole conversation in another episode about actual elections in general, but this election is the topic. What's coming up in, in, in uh, November? We've got Herschel Walker in fucking Georgia, who's crazy, Herschel, but has a chance of winning because it's Georgia. Right, Trump endorsed Republican candidate. So we're we're talking mostly Senate, we're correct? That's what we're talking yeah. about. No, we talk about House races, races as well, but uh, but mostly Senate. I mean, the Senate is the most most likely not to flip at this point. Correct. Uh, the House is fairly likely to flip it's, for various it reasons. Could flip, yes. Yeah. Um. The that's where I'm seeing kind of the forecast yeah right now for it. I found it interesting that the minority leader of the Senate, which is a, a pretty goddamn vocal person if we're going to be honest you're mcconnell mitch mcconnell old turtle face face coming out saying that the the senate is not likely to flip i find that really interesting um but he he also says to in a way because he wants to come his nose in trump's face because all these kids he first of all he, he thinks and i think he's correct i hate mitch mcconnell but i think he's correct Trump endorsed some really flawed fucking candidates that aren't good for statewide races. What? I know. And he thinks it put them in in danger of losing it or almost guaranteed it. So kind of, I think he wants to be proven right. He didn't, I know the the senatorial arm or whatever, the fundraising thing, did not get behind these candidates really because McConnell pumped the brakes on it. And that's that's because they aren't people who are going to toe the line. These are people that Trump has endorsed that are going to do what he wants and that is essentially just so chaos. Like, they are all people who are out for their own good. And that's, you know, you could make that argument about most politicians. But especially the people that Trump tends to endorse tend to be people who are just kind of out for their own sake. Yeah. There's a litmus they, test right now. Yeah. They literally don't care what they have to say, what they have to do. If they get approved by Trump, they know that's going to get them votes. 
Yeah, and you've got situations where most of the people who were either voting against Trump or for Trump's uh, impeachment in the House, I only two won their primaries, and one retired. The rest got kicked out. I think this will be a very divisive election in sense of it's going to kind of put a line through the Republican Party of the Trumpism versus the the standard conservative. I'm sorry, but that standard conservative side is going to get its ass kicked. I, I think it really is going to get its ass kicked because the Trumpism has taken over so hardcore among the base. And this is the question that I was going to going to pose is this this came up with with Mitch's Mitch McConnell uh, oh, statement. They're buddies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Old Mitch. The old bitch. Mitch. This this old came Moscow up with, with what his statement came out with. <laughs> like, I I really do think that there is a there is a legitimate divide between the Senate and the House. Like, there are there's a quality of difference between people that run for the Senate versus that run for, well, yeah. for the House. Of course. And um, you say of course, but me as a as a normal average citizen i don't know that i necessarily see that respect that or understand that yeah, well, but beyond that i don't think that there's this dividing line where you have trumpism in the republican party and you have anti-trumpism in the republican party and there's this like you're you're waiting for the bottom to fall out on one of them like yeah and what's going to happen here here's what's happening uh, with the House, the reason why you get lesser, quote, quality candidates is you have a district of maybe 200,000 people, right? And those 200,000 people have been hand-chosen by whoever's control that state to be in that district. They've looked at who lives in that district and said, this district is going to be Republican or Democratic, most likely. There's a handful of tosses, but most times it's either this is solidly Republican or solidly Democratic. That means you only have to play to your primary voters. You don't have to care about the other side. You don't have to care about the centrist. You don't have to care about the independents. All you care about is if you live in... I don't know, some BFE county in Ohio, okay? I, I live in you Montgomery County, Ohio. only have to play to the hardcorest of hardcore well. right-wing voters. That's yeah. it. So you get hardcore, nutbag right-wing candidates. Are we a Republican? Am I a Republican county? No. We are. Yes, we uh, are. It, it flips back and forth, for mostly because we're densely house, populated. For the it, house races, they split it in half. Yeah. So, yes. If you're talking about, like, uh, what, like Montgomery, Green, or no, sorry, is it green or dark? I don't know. Columbus, the green, green. No, sorry. It's Franklin County. It's Franklin County. It's Columbus, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Franklin County, uh, Montgomery County, and then uh, what? Warren or Butler? Yeah. The answer is you have a Republican that congressman. You do. Yeah. And what they've done is they split the population of Dayton in half. And they've stuck it with a whole bunch of people living out in the country who are hardcore right-wingers. And on the other side, a whole bunch of people living in the country that are hardcore right-wingers. And therefore, you get two solidly Republican districts. Where you would have had one probably Democratic district and one Republican district before. If you had split that just said, this is Dayton's district, right? Um, good old gerrymandering. Good old gerrymandering. That's a whole different topic, though. But here's the deal. With the Senate, you have a statewide race, so you have to appeal to everyone in the state. So you get, quote, higher quality candidates. But what we're seeing is, in states like Missouri with Josh Hart, Huckley, Huckley, or Hawley, um, oh. Texas with Ted Hawk Cruz, Hawley. Hawley. all the states that are deep red that aren't going to be switching back over anytime soon, right? Those states are actually starting to see nutty as fruitcake senators as well because they don't have to play to the middle. They don't have to play to anybody except for their hardcore base. I'm interested to see what happens in Alaska. With Murkowski, because she has been hardcore against Trump, right? State party is not behind her at this point. But in 2010 or 12, she actually lost the Republican primary back then. And then she ran as an independent and won on a write-in campaign. Won a Senate seat on a write-in campaign because she had a strong support of native populations in the state. And of uh, Democrats, independents, and uh, a lot of Republicans, too. Must have been wild to get those, like, thousand votes that made the difference. Yeah, in Alaska, right? <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just going to say, like, that race, where that ends up at, because she's running against a hardcore right-wing Republican uh, who was endorsed by Trump. As a matter of fact, has that race been decided for the primary? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, mostly I know, like, Alaska's a, a more difficult state for any politician because there are so many people that are, like, very independent it's like one of the only states that you can still go out and just like kind of pick a plot of land and decide to live there and homestead and yeah i'm also going to make the cheap joke and say that they're controlled by russia because the whole you know 
I can see Russia from my back door. Well, they're like uh, yeah, Palin. Uh, yeah, but it, but I, it's, it's like fun. Our it, like it's least our like like least populated state versus like Russia's least populated areas. Yeah, but I, at the end of the day, I I guess I would argue that I don't I I understand why that's an interesting race to look at. I would argue that it probably doesn't matter grand scheme of things like that is not going to shift the republican party one way or the other it's not about shifting the republican party it's about giving the middle centrist voices enough leverage and leeway to win votes if there's and only one there no then you've it also got you've got lisa murkowski and and then you got maine you got uh, susan collins in maine as well as pretty centrist at this point uh, and they're Didn't both you write the hunger games no i have a different one <laughs> so actually i do have a article dated today about the alaska race i guess they just finished the ranked choice voting for it and um so hot off the presses here u.s senate republican candidate uh, incumbent lisa murkowski led with 45 percent followed by Republican uh, Kelly Tishbaka, whatever her name was, the Trump-endorsed candidate, 38%, uh, 0.5%. So they are doing ranked choice, so we'll see where that ends up when the ranked choice settles. But the two lower candidates in there only had 6.8 and 2.3. Not a lot of votes to shift around. I personally, you're not going to see a Democrat win Alaska. But a moderate Republican, I would like to see kept in office because that at least will be a more reasoned voice, not... Not not this election denying nonsense from Ted Cruz and, and Josh Hawley. Well, and right. it's funny that a moderate Republican means anti-Trump. Like that's that's where we are um, in the, the party now. It, it just does. That's that. And that's what you're how seeing. They set it up. Yeah, playing out in every one of these races is you have Trump endorsed candidates going against traditional Republicans in a lot of cases. In Idaho, there has been a battle for the last four years between the governor and lieutenant governor, where every time he would leave the state. The lieutenant governor, who's a nutbag, would then try to countermand all of his COVID orders and erase them because their constitution gives her power to act as the governor when he's not in the state. So she would like try to undermine the governor constitution. She's running against him now. All right. So, Austin, looking at this election cycle that we're we're entering into, a few months before we get there, what what happens? Senate stays the same. House changes. Is that what you see? Right now, I say, yeah, the Senate stays the same. House changes. The House, we, the Democrats are only up one or two votes in the House right now as far as seats go. And the districts are still so gerrymandered. I mean, because yeah. at the moment, most states are choosing their districting based off of whoever's in control of the state Senate. Or states, uh, sorry, the state legislature in general, not the state Senate, state House as well. So what ends up happening is, once again, it's 2010, still biting Democrats in the ass. Every single one of these state legislatures in most of these states are controlled by Republicans because they redistricted like crazy in 2010 and just took control as much as possible. And Democrats were completely blindsided by, oh, we should have paid attention to local and state races. So did Biden do anything at all for Democrats right now? Did, did, has he he's done anything? He's a drag on them. I, I, well, I would say, well, rewind. I would say he's been a drag the last six, seven months on the Democrats. I would say some of the punditry that's like saying, oh, well, the Democrats now have a headwind because of this loan forgiveness and the other things that have been some positive notes in Biden over the last few months, right, as far as like things that's ever, that we've accomplished or whatever. Um, but I don't see that overcoming, A, the traditional midterm cycle of whoever's in office currently is getting their asses kicked during the midterms and then whatever. Right. And two, I just don't buy enough Democrats are going to turn out because they're not energized and enthused. But that, that I mean, y you have a lot of people who are still mad about the Roe v. Wade. Uh, you have yeah. a lot of people currently who are kind of riding the high of the debt forgiveness, even though it's not as much as they could have done. But uh, to the point I was going to make, I mean, the crazy dude down the street. 45 that, million people just got their debt cleared. That's a pretty significant That's a substantial thing. amount, but there are still plenty who that was just a drop in the bucket. It's and, me. Yeah. And people are, like I said, apathetic, especially in off-year election cycles. Oh, right. well, I didn't make it down to vote because I got busy at work, didn't want to take the lunch break off, whatever. But I love, you know, the, the crazy dude down the street for me that's got the big billboard in his yard that he makes himself. Uh, talking about how, like, oh, don't buy elections. If they were trying to buy an election, they would have done this, like, not even a month before the election. 
Um, yes and no. You're right. It, the, the surprise would be nice, but one, people are going to start early voting in most of these states probably in about a month, a month and a half at, mo at, at most. And uh, number two, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get that message out there and actually have the loan process go through and forgiveness and all this stuff where they go, okay, now I'm seeing the tangible result right. and getting them energized that way. Um and at the end of the day, yeah, sure, it's 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 partially that. That's because Biden, even though he said that he was fulfilling a campaign promise, but even though he said yeah. it during the election, it was all for political points. It's very clear privately he didn't think that they should be forgiven, right? That seems to be very much how he his his mindset is. Yeah, and it it I'm sorry, but it's not a coincidence that it happens you know, months before the midterm. Like, well, no, it of course just not. is not. Of course not. No, of course it was the, the, the pauses and extensions were probably planned out for that exact reason. Um, now, that being said, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouse. Yeah, look a gift horse in the mouth. We're not going to mouse the mouse. We're not going to mouse the mouse. Um, Speak for yourself. So what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing is we've got a Senate that most likely would have flipped Republican had it not been for some terrible choices on Trump's part, pushing... Um, Oz in Pennsylvania. Uh, Man, so Pennsylvania. Hopefully that oh. is just unequivocally just gets shut down. Yeah. Uh, Ohio is probably going to stay Republican. Yeah, probably. Um, I keep seeing Arizona high on the list of flip from Democratic to Republican. It looks that way. But I don't know. Mark Kelly's a super strong candidate. He's a freaking hero and astronaut. You know, I think he has a good chance regardless. He does. Um, I see New Mexico up there, and too. And quite honestly, I, 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 I tend to be... Of the, the, the people in the room, I tend to be a little more uh, centrist. I, I do tend to lean a little liberal, but I do love Mark Kelly. I'm sorry. I love him as an individual. I do like – he seems to be a fairly, uh, I don't know, uh, rationally minded individual. Would you say down to earth? <laughs> oh, okay. oh. So, I don't know. That's one of those things. You're right. He is. Um, by the way, update here. I just saw um, – the Idaho governor's race, the less crazy Republican did win that, so that's good. He beat his lieutenant governor for the governorship. Um, so, yeah, that's that's nice news. But, I don't know, at this point, it's just one of those things where I think the Democrats have had a muddy messaging uh, counter, like usual. They're bad at messaging. They always have yeah. been. Um, Republicans have been just, clamor you know, just clobbering them left and right. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it ends up turning but out, but at the end of the day... Uh, we really mm -hmm. need to watch these election deniers. You undermine the confidence in our electionism for a reason because you don't want to lose. And you know shifting demographics and the fact that you guys are unwilling to modify your opinions and beliefs in such a way that allows you to secure a plurality of votes at least. Right. And yeah. then instead we're just going to cheat now. We're going to undermine our... Come yeah. On. Anytime you take a hard stance on something and say that I can't be convinced you know any other way then you're putting yourself in a position where you're saying like nothing that anybody can say is going to change my mind on this yeah and that's just not a way to be yeah and i've actually coined a term for this now i'm calling it patriotic traitors um folks that think they're so red white and blue but then are willing to drop on the dime to actually overthrow our government the because they lost an election joke i made earlier about somebody with a blue lives matter patch screaming you know take the cop's gun and shoot him with it at the, yeah you know january 6 riots it's, it's like blue hypocrisy. lives matter until they disagree with me yeah 100 percent. well it's probably a good place to wrap it up uh, i want to thank you all for listening to this week and uh, remember to like and subscribe to our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify um podbean all the places you can go ahead and get that podcast at uh, remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WasIDrunkSP. That's at WasIDrunkSP. Until next time, bottoms up.